Welcome everyone to Sunday morning service at Moving River Ministries. I am Pastor Adam McGahey. Thank you so much for joining us via live stream on Facebook and also on the phone conference line. We appreciate you all being here with us this morning. Um, I do have a message for us this morning and it's titled, What Seek Ye? And before we get into the message this morning, we are gonna go before the Lord in prayer. It was our every intention to be in the church this morning. However, with the uh, forecasted, uh, not forecasted uh, snowstorm that we got, it brought some ice and some snow and there was a layer of ice underneath the snow. And um, it was just best that I went ahead and called off services in-house this morning and we just continue to do things online. And we thank God for having already made the way for us to still get together and have church. Praise God. Let us go before the Lord in prayer. Father, we are blessed beyond measure, and it is with gratitude, with thanksgiving that we come this morning, O Lord, for all that you continuously do. You are our provider. You are our source of everything. You are the reason that we are even all here. My Lord, you have put the breath in these bodies yet again this morning, and blessing us to be alive and well and congregated together through the means that you have given man knowledge and he has used that knowledge my lord to uh, make a way that we can use those inventions my god to still bring glory honor praise to your holy name jesus we thank you for the service this morning we thank you lord for all in attendance we ask you to bless every home represented bless the loved ones of everyone oh god that is on the call this morning it is our desire to see your word go forth your word just continue to edify to build us up my god so that we can be the witnesses that you have called us to be we thank you my god God, that we forever have a testimony in our hearts and upon our lips of how truly great thou art, that our loved ones, my God, would see forth Jesus Christ in us, living and abiding and doing great and marvelous things. We thank you, dear Lord, for blessing the message and blessing us all to hear. Oh, God, bless our ears to be anointed, bless the speaker in his voice to be anointed with your word, your thoughts, oh God. And we thank you, Jesus, that we all take your word this morning, apply it to our lives, live a better life because of it, my God, all again to bring glory, honor, and praise unto you. And it is in the name of Jesus that we pray. And everybody say, amen. Hallelujah. Amen. <clears throat> Praise God. So what seeking is the title of the message this morning? We know that uh, February as a country, we celebrate February as Black History Month. So we're going to be talking um, a little bit more about black history and specifically slavery in the Bible and what the Bible has to say about slavery. We know that Joseph was sold into slavery by his brothers and then Moses came along and delivered the Israelites from slavery. And so we're going to look at slavery in the Bible. Does, uh, there's a question 
that is asked at times and I've been asked the question and I've been uh, presented with different thoughts from different people as to what is the biblical view on slavery. And so we're going to take a look at that biblical view on slavery today. And I hope in the message this morning that we are all more enlightened and that our awareness of how truly great our God is becomes more apparent so that we can, again, be a better witness, a better testimony, living, walking, you know, and allowing people to see that we are open epistles of the word of God, that they can read our lives and know that God is alive and well and present, omnipresent within each and every one of us. So let us begin this morning with... um, Genesis chapter 15, and we're going to look at verses 13 and 14. Genesis chapter 15, and we're going to look at verses 13 and 14. And it says in Genesis chapter 15 and verse 13, And he said unto Abram, Know of a surety that thy seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs, and shall serve them and they shall afflict them for 400 years. And also that nation whom they shall serve will I judge, and afterward shall they come out with great substance. Praise God. You know, there's a few things in these couple verses of Scripture that make us more aware of this foretelling. This is in the book of Genesis, the first book of the Bible, where these prophetic words are being told to Abram. After Abram was told by God that he was going to bless his seed and that he would not be able to even count how many would come out of him, um, giving him the stars as an example of how many stars there were in the sky. And he showed this to Abraham in vision. And Abraham could not even count the stars that were there. But God said, this is how many will come out of your loins. But then in that same uh, chapter, he tells Abraham that his seed was going to Uh, be scattered in a land that is not theirs and they were going to serve that land and they were going to be afflicted for 400 years. I mean, what a thing to uh, now be told to have to look forward to. But in that next verse of scripture is a blessing that is there. And it says, and also that nation whom they shall serve will I judge and afterwards shall they come out with great substance. See, the great substance was what I believe uh, causes Abram to look forward to his circumstances. Our circumstances are not always going to be ideal. Slavery is not the ideal circumstance. It is not what someone looks forward to. But after it is over, the great substance is what you have to look forward to. Now, slavery historically and and typically happened due to debt, 
birth into a family, if you were a slave and you had children, well, your children were automatically slaves as well. Slavery came as a result of war. A lot of times, nations who defeated or conquered other nations took that nation whom they conquered as slaves. Child abandonment was another way of slavery. When someone abandoned their children, then their children would be taken by someone else. And a lot of times those children would become then slaves of the new owners of those children. Criminal punishment was another form of how people became slaves. Now, I, I said all that just to bring some awareness as to how slaves came about historically and typically. Now, the title of the message this morning is What Seek Ye? Do we go about seeking to be a slave? Not typically, but historically, some did. Because if some had debts that they could not pay, they were willing to then pay off that debt and sell themselves into slavery, but they were paid as a result of that and thereby they were able to then pay off their debt. I'm going to be talking a little bit uh, in the service about Valentine's Day, which we're all getting ready to celebrate here tomorrow. Those of you who decide to celebrate Valentine's Day, I shouldn't say all of us are getting ready to celebrate it, but those of you who decide to celebrate Valentine's Day. And the way that um, many of us celebrate Valentine's Day is through seeking to win love through acts of love. We seek to win love through acts of love. So again, the title of the message is, What Seek Ye? Do we seek to be a slave? At times, some may. Some may even look at, the, and I've heard this term throughout the years that I've worked as an employee. We are here with golden handcuffs on, shackled to our jobs. Yeah. We do that. We agree to do that for a certain sum of money, but you ask the average employee, are they happy with the amount of money that they're making or would they like to make more? And most would say they would like to make more. And they, you say, well, why don't you leave your job? Well, I'm not going to find another job that is paying me what I consider myself to be worth. So I'm shackled to this job. I have agreed that I am currently worth what my employer is paying me. So, what is it that we are seeking? Today we are all going to, not all, but those of you who decide to, I'm going to be one of them, who is going to be watching the Super Bowl a little bit later today. Okay? And the Super Bowl this year, the contenders are the Los Angeles Rams and the Cincinnati Bengals. Neither one of them are my team. And quite frankly, I don't have a team because I don't own any of them. Those teams have owners, but I am not their owner. Many fans claim that certain teams are their team. 
but they have no financial stake in that team whatsoever. If they want to see a game, they're going to have to pay to see that game. They are not getting in there because they own the team. Somebody else owns that team. But again, those players are there because they are being paid an agreed upon amount of money to do a service. Not that they are considered slaves, but in so many ways, I go back to what I was told on the job by different people that were there. We're here with golden handcuffs on, shackled to our jobs. And a lot of those football players, they look at it as just being a job. So with those things in mind, I would like to make a highlight this uh, week in regards to the first football, professional football player in black history. His name was Charles W. Fallis, also known as the Black Cyclone. He was born February 3rd, 1879, and he died at the age of 31, April 5th, 1910. He was the first professional American football player. He played for the Shelby Blues of the Ohio League from 1902 to 1906. On September 16th, 1904, Fall assigned a contract with the Shelby Blues, making him the first black man contracted to play professional football on an integrated team. He was also the first black catcher to move from college baseball into the Negro Leagues. He was inducted into the Wooster College Hall of Fame in 2013. He has not, as of yet, been inducted into the Professional Football Hall of Fame. So with that, I'm going to move on in the sermon this morning, being the title once again, What Seek Ye? And let us turn in our Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter 15, and we're going to look at verses 12 through 15. In these verses of Scripture, when we look at the question, does the Bible condone slavery? It's giving some guidelines into servanthood. And I, I want us to pay particular attention to the guidelines that, is, that are outlined here. So in Deuteronomy chapter 15 and verse 12, it says, And if thy brother in Hebrew man or in Hebrew woman be sold unto thee and serve thee six years, then in the seventh year thou shalt let him go free from thee. And when thou sendest him out free from thee, thou shalt not let him go away empty. Thou shalt furnish him liberally out of thy flock and out of thy floor and out of thy winepress and of that wherewith the Lord thy God hath blessed thee, thou shalt give unto him. And thou shalt remember that thou wast a bondman in the land of Egypt. And the Lord thy God redeemed thee. Therefore, I command thee this thing today. 
when you look at those guidelines of servanthood, this is not a servanthood that is a harsh treatment. You, and, and you think about this. It is almost like a job and employment. People go in the military for this amount of time and they agree to serve in the military and they are paid a wage. And, but they are not there as slaves. They are there as servants and they're going to serve. And that is what they call it, service in the military. But they are doing it willingly. They are doing it uh, freely. They have made that choice. They have agreed, up, agreed upon the terms. Now, there are times when there are periods of war when um, in history where they have been drafted into the military. But this is not what is being talked about here. It, it said, if thy brother and Hebrew man or woman be sold unto thee, and they are selling themselves unto them. They are the ones that are agreeing upon this um, selling of themselves to them for this specific period of time, six years. And in the seventh year, you're going to let them go free. But they're, you're just not going to say, okay, you're done, bye. And that's what employers will do. That's what the military will do. You serve in the military six years, you're just done. You have no benefits, maybe um, some medical benefits, but you're not being paid any more money. They're not sending you out liberally. They're not um, giving you of what abundance that they have. But see, these were terms and guidelines that were set forth in the word of God. Now, the Bible does not specifically condemn the practice of slavery. It gives instructions on how slaves should be treated but does not outlaw slavery altogether. Many see this as the Bible condoning all forms of slavery, but that is not true. What many fail to understand is that slavery in biblical times was very different from the slavery that was practiced in the past few centuries in many parts of our world. The slavery in the Bible was not based exclusively on race. And when we look at the slavery that took place in um, the United Kingdom and in the United States, it was based specifically upon a nationality of the color of the people's skin. And in Bible times, slavery was based more on economics. It was a matter of social status. People sold themselves as slaves when they could not pay their debts or provide for their families. And in the New Testament times, some doctors, lawyers, and even politicians were slaves of someone else. Some people actually chose to be slaves as to have all their needs provided by their masters. I want you to remember this particular verse in Deuteronomy chapter 15 and verse 15. And thou shalt remember that thou wast a bondman in the land of Egypt. And the Lord thy God redeemed thee. Therefore, I command thee this thing today. When that instruction comes forth, when someone remembers, they have to use their memory. They got to use their thoughts of what God did for them. Joseph was sold into slavery. The many blessings that came upon Joseph and his family and the children of Israel because Joseph got sold into slavery. Yes. Amen. Moses delivered the Israelites 
from slavery. Moses was born for a specific reason. He was spared for a specific reason to be the deliverer at that time for the children of Israel from bondage to Egypt. See, our God knows what he is doing. Our God is just in everything that he does. And he gives about instructions for us to be right even in the practice of slavery. No man wants to be a slave. But I tell you what, if I found myself encumbered with debt that I could not pay, but there was a way that I could pay off all my debts in six years, can you imagine how freeing that would be? How truly freeing that would be to be able to get rid of all your debt and then have an abundance, a great substance at the end of that sixth year. The seventh year I get sent out, I'm free from all of that debt that I had. Can you imagine how many people would not have to file for bankruptcy? But the world is full of bankruptcies all throughout the world. Because people get so encumbered with debt. In Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 5, it tells us how servants are to serve. When they find themselves in a situation like uh, now having to sell themselves into servanthood. And in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 5, it says, Servants. Be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh with fear and trembling and singleness of your heart as unto Christ. Not with eye service as men pleasers, but as the servants of Christ doing the will of God from the heart. With goodwill doing service as to the Lord and not to men. Knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall he receive of the Lord, whether he be found bond or free. And ye masters, do the same things unto them, forbearing threatening, knowing that your master also is in heaven. Neither is there respect of persons with him. You know, I love these, this passage of scripture because it's giving instructions to me as a servant. I need to obey. Obey them um, that are my masters according to the flesh. I got to be in obedience here. Because there's, when you have a boss on the job, you need to be obedient to that boss. Being always um, in controversy, um, having conflict on the job and everything, there's something wrong then with the person. Yes. There would be something wrong with me. There's something wrong in my heart in being an obedient servant. I got to do it with fear and trembling and singleness of heart how? As unto Christ. I got to still remember that I am representing Christ here. It is but for a time that I may be in that position where I am, but I still got to be a good witness. I still got to be a testimony. And I can't do it with just eye services, men pleasers, but as the servant of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. I can't do it begrudgingly. 
But I got to do it with goodwill, doing service as to the Lord and not to men. And not to remember that God is the one who put the breath in the body. God is the one who has given me the health. God is the one who has supplied. God is the source of my everything. Not this man. I got to do it as unto Christ. And if I do that, just as the children of Israel that were in bondage for 400 years, and it says, and also in verse, I'm going back to Genesis chapter 15 and 14, and also that nation whom they shall serve will I judge, and afterwards shall they come out with great substance. See, I'm not, you got, we can't look at our great substance as coming from man. We got to look at our great substance as coming from the Lord. And when we really get our eyes on the Lord, we can do these things that God is calling us to do. See, this is in the Old Testament. It's in the New Testament. So it's still for us to do today. The slavery of the past few centuries was often based exclusively on skin color. There's many reasons in history where, where and how people became slaves, and we introduced that right in the beginning of the message this morning. But in the past few centuries, it was often based exclusively on skin color, the skin color that I have. In the United States, many black people were considered slaves because of their nationality. Many slave owners truly believed black people to be inferior human beings. And because they thought that way, they went about treating them that way. See, but when we are, if they were to have remembered the verse of scripture that came from Deuteronomy, Chapter 15 and verse 15. And thou shalt remember that thou was the bondman in the land of Egypt, and the Lord thy God redeemed thee. Therefore I command thee this thing today. Remember that thou was a bondman. Remember that you weren't always free. Remember that you were a slave. And see, men today don't realize that they are a slave to sin and their sinful behaviors. Yes. In Colossians chapter 4, in Colossians chapter 4, in verse 1 it says, Masters, give unto your servants that which is just and equal, knowing that ye also have a master in heaven. What an awesome verse of scripture to keep those who are in authority over others in check. Masters, give unto your servants that which is just and equal, knowing that ye also have a master in heaven. See, they are not the only master to be considered here. They got a master that they have to answer to as well. And if people would keep this in mind, how much better would employees get treated on the job? How much better then would we treat others if we uh, know that we also have a master in heaven? We need to think about this and it causes us then to stay in our lane. Stay in your lane. Don't get beside yourself. Don't think you're something that you're not. Think that you, okay, you are a master of something, but don't let that go to your head. Stay in your lane. Know that ye also have a master in heaven. Had this 
been remembered, if this were something that people would practice as a whole today, how much better our world would be. The Bible condemns race-based slavery in that it teaches that all men are created by God and made in his image. The Bible condemns the kind of slavery that the United Kingdom and the United States of America practiced several hundred years ago. At the same time, the Old Testament did not, did allow for economic-based slavery and regulated it. And we read that in Deuteronomy 15. The Old Testament did allow for economic-based slavery. The key issue is that slavery, the slavery in the Bible allowed for in no way resembled the racial slavery that plagued our world in the past few centuries. Totally different concept. Because they weren't looking at, okay, obeying the instructions. If you got some slaves, then in the seventh year, those slaves get to go free. But not just free, you got to send them out with all kind of abundance and everything. But the Bible teaches that all men are made in the image of God. And in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 27 and verse 26 through 28, we're going to read that in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 through 28. And God said, let us make man, man in our, our image after, after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. It, it, it says, says nothing there about color. color. It says, it says nothing, nothing about, about nationality. nationality. And, and in uh, 15 chapters from that chapter, God is telling Abram all about the stars and how he's going to have a multitude of uh, people come from out of his loins that he cannot count. In, and he's equating that to the number of stars that are in heaven. And Abram was not even able to count them all. So and we are all part of that number. Praise God. All created in his image, all after his likeness, having, and he gave us all dominion Amen. over the fish, over the fowl, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image, and the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them and God, and God said, said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. Thank you, Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. So slavery in the Bible. Joseph was sold into slavery. And I'm going to um, start bringing things to a close here. And I know I haven't really been preaching all that long, but I think my conclusion is probably longer than the message this morning. So that's why I'm going to start bringing things to a conclusion here. We had a Bible study on Wednesday night, and Pastor Larry Miller was our facilitator speaker for that night. And his uh, key verse was Romans 8 and 29. And he talked about God has a plan. That was uh, his message for men's Bible study. God has a plan. Amen. And I'm so thankful for God's plan. 
You know, and in Romans 8 and 29, he says, For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. And I just love that God foreknew you. There's no mistaking. He also did predestinate. I'm so glad that I'm talking to some people this morning who God did foreknow. He also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. That we might be, that Jesus might be the firstborn among many brethren. And we are the brethren that come after Jesus being the firstborn among many brethren, praise God. And see, that is God's plan. You know, that we now, come to the knowledge of the truth, that we seek after him. And so I want to turn in the Bible now to John chapter 8. And see, the, um, these verses of scripture talks about freedom and the freedom that the Lord brings. John chapter 8, praise God. And in John chapter 8, beginning at verse 31, it says, Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. What are we seeking this morning? Are we seeking truth? Are we seeking to win? Are we, Valentine's Day coming up, are we seeking to win love through acts of love? the football game that we're going to watch later, are they seeking to win? Um, are they seeking to win the prize through competition? And see that, I'm so thankful that we don't have to compete with our brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. We all have the same truth that we can put on. We all have the same truth that we have to conform to. And we don't have to be in competition with one another in regards to anything in Christ Jesus. See, we're going to know the truth and the truth is going to make us free. Competition does not bring about freedom. And see, there is, there is freedom in cooperation. And we cooperate with one another through the Spirit, through the Holy Spirit of God. And see, that is what brings about that freedom that we love and that we enjoy. Praise God. And so moving on in John chapter 8 and verse 33, it says, They answered him, We be of Abraham's seed and we and were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, ye shall be made free? Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. I mean, what a shut up. Yeah. <laughs> what? A, I mean, he shut them down. Totally. And then it says in verse 35, And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth ever. He said, you are a servant of sin. You can't abide in the house with the son. The son abides in the house. See, Abraham was a son and Abraham was not in the same house as they were in. They were in a house where they were servant to sin. If the son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. 
But the son here that they're talking about is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the son that abideth forever. Where is he at? Oh my. Oh my. Hallelujah. The son abideth ever. If the son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. Amen. My God. What, what blessings the word of God really brings to one's heart, to one's soul, to, to the inner man, to your ears that you can hear. But it's the inner ear that hears these things because so many people hear the word of God and they just hear it with the outer ear and it never gets inside to the inner ear. Verse 37 says, I know that ye are Abram's seed, but ye seek to kill me. Because my word hath no place in you. What seek ye? Is the title of the message this morning. See, they were seeking to kill Jesus. They were seeking to kill the word of truth. They were seeking to kill the word of life. They were seeking to kill the word of knowledge. And so because they were seeking to kill him, whatever someone is seeking, they are going to find it. Verse 38 says, I speak that which I have seen with my father and ye do that which ye have seen with your father. They answered and said unto him, Abraham is our father. Jesus saith unto them, if ye were Abram's children, ye would do the works of Abraham. But now ye seek to kill me, a man that hath told you the truth, which I have heard of God. This did not Abraham. See, Abraham didn't do what they did. Abraham sought God. Amen. And this is what we are doing here this morning. See, I don't take it for granted, church, that you show up um, on live streaming. I don't take it for granted that you show up on the phone conference line. You show up because that is what is in your heart to please God. And you want to do things as unto him. You're not looking to please man. You are looking to please God. You are seeking after God. You are not seeking after man, praise God. You don't come seeking Pastor Adam. You come seeking the word of truth that Pastor Adam is going to bring forth. You, you have put a certain amount of confidence because of experiences that you have had in me bringing forth the word. And that's why you keep coming back. You know that I'm going to be diligent in, in my studies of the word of God so that I'm bringing forth the truth. And I'm not going to overlay it with something that is going to sugarcoat your ears. I'm going to bring it forth as the word of God is. And I'm going to tell it as best as I can. Praise God. What seek ye? See, I don't want to seek to kill Christ in any way, shape, or form. I don't want him dead to me. And I certainly, because I have experienced you, I know you don't want him dead to you either. Jesus. Praise God. But in Matthew chapter 6, it talks about seeking first. In Matthew chapter 6, and what are we seeking today? You know, as we talked about, you know, in the beginning of the message this morning, what seek ye? And are we seeking to be slaves? 
How many would like to be set free of the slavery that is in their lives? Whatever it is, whatever that amounts to, you know, really want to be set free from it. Set free from that old way of anything that you can think of. Praise God. You want to be set free from that. And so we got to seek the right things. And in Matthew chapter 6, in verse 31, it says, Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow. For the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. The last part of that scripture has baffled me from time to time and has blessed me tremendously over and over and over. See, evil is going to present itself every day. You don't have to try to find it. You don't have to seek after it, but it's going to show up. There is a sufficient amount of evil every day that we live, breathe, and walk on this earth. Yes, there is. But you know what? That is why we need to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Don't leave that part out. And his righteousness. We got to think more like God. We got to conform to his way of thinking because his way of thinking is always right. It is righteousness. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. So if we're seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness, the Bible tells me that God is love. So am I seeking love? Absolutely. And so you know that I am totally Convinced that the fruit of the Spirit is the way to walk in the Spirit. So are we seeking peace? Absolutely. That's all in the kingdom of God. Are we seeking temperance, self-control? It's all in the kingdom of God. That's all about His righteousness. That is all about the way that we need to think and rightly think. And because we seek these things first, praise God, we want to do the will of God. We want to conform to the ways of God. And so we ask, our, ask ourselves the question, why are we here? Why are we here? What is the plan? What is the plan, you know, for while we are here? Anybody want to seek to win? If you were playing on one of those football teams today, you would want to win the game. That would be your goal. That's your objective for today, to win. Are we here to win in this race? Are we really here to get the prize or we just want to try to make it through? See, if we, if we really are focused on winning, that is why we want to know the plan. We want to know the plan of God. What is the plan of God? The plan of God, again, it's in uh, 
the, his word is hidden in his word. Praise God. But it is not a secret to us because we come to know his word and his word abides in us. So what is the plan? And here it is in John chapter 4. Turn with me there to John chapter 4. Because we want to know what the plan is. It's so important that we are seeking to win. Again, we are not in competition as they are going to be in competition today when playing the Super Bowl. Because the word of God comes to each and every one of us. And so individually, we have to seek to win. You can't grab a hold of somebody else's coattails and expect to win. John chapter 4 and verse 21 says, and this was an encounter that Jesus had with the woman at the well. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye neither, when ye shall neither in this mountain nor at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship, ye know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. What seek ye? You know, in, in attempting to answer that question, there is something that's found in verse 23. If you were to present that question to Jesus, the answer is there. If we were to ask Jesus, Jesus, what seek ye? And he answers, the hour cometh and now is when the true worshiper shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. Amen. Jesus is seeking you to worship him. Jesus has sought each and every one of us that is tuned in this morning. He is seeking those to worship him. Him And God is a spirit. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And see, this is why it's so important for us to realize the effectiveness and the impact that the fruit of the spirit and walking in the spirit has upon our earthly lives. Because in our earthly bodies, this is where we are going to surrender to worshiping Jesus. But we still are not doing it just with these earthly bodies. These earthly bodies are coming into subjection to the spirit. And that is the way we got to worship Jesus in spirit and in truth. Are we ready for the truth? If, if those who are so... Um, persuaded that slavery is right and that mindset of having someone else enslaved is right, they are not ready to worship God. No, they are not. Amen. They are not ready. Mm -hmm. 
And there are many Christians today, and it's a sad, sad thing. People that call themselves Christians, call themselves following Christ, but are filled with hate. They are filled with animosity just because of somebody's skin color, because of somebody's nationality, because they feel like somebody is taking something from them. I've heard it time and time again, you know, even in regards to uh, the Spanish population now that... Uh, is here living and working beside us. And and they are hardworking people, so many of them. And people say, oh, they're taking our jobs. There's plenty of jobs. Yes, there is. Amen. There's plenty of room for us all to succeed. We don't have to compete. Praise God. There's no competition in God. There is but cooperation in the Holy Spirit. And see, if more people really wanted to surrender to the, to, to the Spirit of God and the holiness and righteousness that God is calling us to seek first, seek it first, even though people sold themselves into slavery in, in servanthood in the Old Testament, the Slave owners then were instructed on how to treat those people. And you weren't allowed to just kill them either. Now, were they allowed to beat them? Yes, and they did beat them sometimes. But I tell you what, in the military, they used to beat people. In schools, they used to beat kids. Parents would send their kids to school and their kids would get tore up for acting up. People in the military were beat and sometimes they were even killed and they do get thrown in jail for different things that they do. There are wrongs that people do and that's why there are instructions even when someone was found to be a servant how to act. Now, the cruelty that, and I am in no way, shape, or form um, supporting or supportive of slavery in any way, shape, or form. I am totally in support of everybody having individual freedom. But I know where that true freedom comes from. And that freedom comes from Jesus Christ because he who the Lord sets free is free indeed. We could be the freest of people. We could have all the wealth in the world. We could have slaves on top of slaves, servants on top of slaves, but still be so encumbered with sin that we are not free. But in the eyes of man, we might be looked upon as being free. See, we got to see, what are we seeking? What seek ye? Do we want to seek love? Do we truly want to seek the fruit of the spirit? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance? Are we really seeking those things? Are we really seeking God first and his righteousness? Because when we are, these things begin to bless us with a great substance, a great substance. We come out of the bondage that we were in and we are then blessed with a great substance that no one can really measure. 
Because you don't know the internal wealth of somebody else because on the outside, you're looking at what they have on the outside. And on the inside, there is a treasure untold to you. Praise God. Why are we here? What is the plan? Are we seeking to win? And in Philippians chapter 3, let's turn there in our Bibles. Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. And it says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press, press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. We got to press toward the prize. See, there are times, and hopefully it's a good game. I, I don't really favor either team. I'm just looking to laugh and have a good time. And uh, I, I make all kind of uh, comments and all throughout the game, you know, and just to have some fun, pass the time with fun. But see, these teams, they're going to be pr pressing toward the prize, it's not the, toward the prize for the high calling of God in Christ Jesus, but it is toward the prize of being the Super Bowl champions for 2022. See, and, and what this is telling us here is this. Hmm. We got to truly seek to win the prize. Seek to win the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. We got to seek it. We cannot stop like the rabbit did in the tortoise and the hare story mm -hmm. and think that we have already arrived. Jesus. It says here, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. Oh, see, we got to forget those things which are behind us. And now... There are a lot of things in, in our past, slavery being one of them. Huh. Slavery being one of them. But in that first passage of scripture that I read, and he said unto Abraham, know of a surety that thy seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs and shall serve them and they shall afflict them for 400 years. For 400 years. And in this verse of scripture, it's telling us Paul is saying, forgetting those things which are behind. See, this came as a prophecy to Abram before it happened. But he said for 400 years, you're going to be enslaved to that nation. But in that next verse of scripture was the prize. And also that nation whom they shall serve will I judge. And afterwards shall they come out with great substance. There is the prize, church, the great substance that only God can give. But they had to, in this verse of scripture, again, Paul said, we got to forget those things are behind because this is what happens to people. They get stuck on thinking about the past and the past then rules their present and their future. And then they are held in captivity yet again in the present time. 
We got to forget those things which are behind. Now, that doesn't mean that we got to totally just put them out of our mind, out of our memory. We don't even have the capacity to do that. But we cannot dwell on them. We cannot remain there and focus on those things. I bring them to light. Absolutely I do. And I like that they are brought to light. Even the past history in the Bible, I like to bring that to light. Praise God. Those things that have taken place in biblical history. Those things that have taken place in our physical natural history that is not related to the Bible in any way, shape, or form. Well, indirectly all of it is. But we got to forget those things which are behind. That means we can't go drudging those things back up. We can't focus on those things and go back and correct those things. But if we focus on that great substance, and he says, reaching forth unto those things which are before, that great substance is which is before us. Press toward that mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I have yet to realize the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Because there's always more that is before us. Always more. I love what Joyce Meyer said. Um, and I don't know if she was the uh, originator of this thought. But Joyce Meyer put it this way. I got to stop looking at what you think you've lost and take inventory of what you have left. Stop looking at what you think you have lost and take inventory of what you have left. And, and that is something that continues to just be a blessing to me whenever I think about it. Because in, in God's grace is our capacity to change. And you, you look at capacity, and God's capacity is infinite. Yes. It is all in all. It is everywhere. His grace is seen. It is felt. It is known. It is everywhere. There is no end to his grace. And in Psalm 118 and 23, it puts it in biblical terms. God's capacity is God's grace is our capacity to change. You know, and I've said it over the last few Sundays, we are marvels of change. We, true are, we truly are. And that is because of God's grace. What seek ye? In Psalms 118 and 23, it says, this is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. Praise God. This is the Lord's doing. What seek ye? This is the Lord's doing. Whatever you are seeking, it is the Lord's doing. With this message this morning, this is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. We need to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Praise God. And this will be a blessing unto us. This is the answer to all which are enslaved, mind, body, and soul. God bless you. I thank you for listening and tuning into the message this morning. That concludes the message this morning. But before we uh, let you go, we're going to ask that those of you who have joined us via live streaming on Facebook, if you would follow the path to our donation button and give unto the Lord as he has blessed you 
and we can never outgive God, he continues to give of his abundance. You know, and many of us are experiencing God opening the windows of heaven, pouring us out a blessing that we cannot contain. And we will continue to do that as we look towards the great substance that God is telling us to press towards. Press toward the prize of the high calling of God that is in Christ Jesus. Those of you who feel more comfortable in sending in a donation, please send it to Moving River Ministries at 453 South Main Street, Wilkes-Barre, 18701. Amen. The sources for the Bible uh, sermon today was the Bible, Wikipedia, a book called Black First, Black Faces in White Places is another book, God's Big Idea by Miles Monroe, and GotQuestions.org. God bless you all, and thank you for tuning in again, and we will close in prayer. Father, we thank you so much for the message this morning. We thank you, Lord, for our history. Blessing us to come to learn and know our history than that it is rooted in you because it is you who foreknew us, you who predestinated us, O oh God. It is your plan that we desire, Father your plan for our lives. Bless us to not get stuck in our history. Bless us not to get stuck in our future, but bless us to live in the present, my God. In the present, enjoying all of those things in the fruit of the Spirit, which will then give us the future that you have planned for us. Father, we thank you for these and all blessings. We ask humbly, and we thank you for the boldness that comes through the infilling of the Holy Spirit to approach your throne of grace where there is so much capacity for us to change and become to reflect your image. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless you all. We look forward to seeing you next Sunday in service. Enjoy the game. Enjoy Valentine's Day. Seek to love and seek to win and seek to be the servant of God. God bless you all.